Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Happy Resurrection Sunday. What a great morning it's already been together. Like we talked about, it's been a great Easter weekend. Uh, I, I loved seeing all the different names and faces part of our, our chat and telling us about their Easter breakfasts and, and Carlin's latest and greatest <laughs> baking uh, to, to hear about the different traditions that you have with your families. I think it is a wonderful thing on Easter morning to, to celebrate, to be present, and to, to do that together with the people that we love and to do the thing that we are doing to get today as a church in remembering and reflecting upon what this day really signifies, what it leads us towards, what it begins to do on the inside of us. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in with us here at City Collective, my name is Jason and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at City Collective. And on this Easter Sunday, I, I hope that you feel like you can bring whatever you are carrying. Uh, questions and doubts, um, worries and anxieties, what, whatever you might be feeling or sh carrying this morning, know this, that this is a safe place. This is a place that we can gather and celebrate who Jesus is, not just because it took place all those years ago, but because of what it means for each and every one of us today. Uh, I love seeing those different faces, so thank you to, to our worship team and to all of our readers. I wish I was as good of a reader as Eden. Sometimes I think that she could just start reading scripture, and then all of us would just come and fall in love even more with Jesus here on a Sunday morning. So it's a wonderful thing that we get to do to see the breadth of our church. I, I feel so privileged to call City Collective my home to just see just the, the, the faces who are part of those readings, the people who are on all different stages of life from all different corners of the world that call Little Old City Collective their home, call them their family. The fact that we get to do life together, that is the way of Jesus. That is the gift of being able to call ourselves the church. There's very few places like it in the world, like the church, where, where people from all walks of life come together around this one thing around the name of Jesus, around this declaration that we're making on this Easter Sunday that he is risen. And it's not just us, it's churches all across the world making this declaration on this Easter morning. Because Friday mattered. And Sunday, it matters. And they need each other. Friday needs Sunday just like Sunday needs Friday. Friday, a day full of, full of suffering over this, this brutal crucifixion that is hard to even fathom. The, 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 the holy Saturday, one of, of silence. The only day in 2,000 plus years where no one believed that Jesus was alive. And then the resurrection Sunday where we find ourselves today where we get to look and imagine what it would have been like for those disciples and for those women who went to the tomb on that early morning. I, I imagine that the women, that they, when they proclaimed the resurrection on that first Easter, they walked into the room full of people. And, and the, the room was full of, of confusion and, and skepticism. They, they, they didn't have much of a way of a, of a developed idea or a theory or a theology to share with the disciples in the moment. They had simply embraced 
that the stone was rolled away, that the Savior was there, and they had seen their, their immense grief turned into astounding joy. And so they spoke those world-changing words with fear and trembling, with wonder and surprise, He is risen. So on this Easter Sunday, as the story of Jesus comes to the forefront of our world once again, I wonder, what do we say to a world that is full of fear and skepticism? A world needing hope. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life, concerning Jesus. So we're going to say this right now with, with churches across, across Langley, with churches across the lower mainland, with people all across the world declaring he is risen. And would you do this with me from home? Would you say he is risen indeed? So I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say it. and I want you to respond within your own homes. One, two, three. He is risen. Wonderful. There is so much that we have to celebrate today. And you know what? It can be difficult. If I'm being honest, I was disappointed at the beginning of this week. I was disappointed because of the, the plans and the hopes that we had around gathering together this Easter Sunday. And it's funny how quickly disappointment of an unmet expectation can overwhelm the reality of joy that we are meant to experience. And, and that was the case for me. I wonder what it was like for you. And I wonder what it was like for those disciples and for those women going to the tomb, what they would have experienced on that Easter morning. They would have seen the suffering of Friday, the silence of Saturday, and now the skepticism of, of Sunday. What do I do now? Do I just go back to fishing? Where do I go next? Who, how do I even take another step? It can be overwhelming. There's this old Easter hymn that says, Strife is over, the battle done, the victory of life is won, the sound of triumph has begun. And that sound of triumph is us declaring, even in the midst of our disappointment, He is risen. And that's not just restricted to one day or one moment. There's plenty of questions surrounding the day. And whether or not you feel like you can trust the day or trust what took place, I think we can all agree that what took place on that Easter Sunday really did change history. In John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 1, that's where we're going to spend a little bit of time this morning. It says something that really did capture my imagination. It, it, it caused me to pause and, and wonder what actually took place. John chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, I want you to remember that phrase, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. And here's the thing. For being honest, a lot of things about this Easter Sunday doesn't feel like Easter Sunday. It doesn't maybe look like it doesn't smell like it. Or maybe you've had some bacon at home and it smells a little bit like it. But it's still Easter. It's Easter anyways. Church buildings are, are, are empty. 
No extravaganzas of, of kids running around. No fresh press clothes that we're putting on for our, our Sunday best. I imagine there's a lot of pajamas and that's a wonderful thing. And maybe a little bit of sleep in our eyes still. Um, there's no slightly over tall bunnies who are running around. No bellowing organs. No chaotic Easter hunts or packed pews. No choirs or, or Easter classics where we sing because he lives as a whole congregation. And it just lifts the spirit of even the most skeptical. All of those things might be missing, but Easter still happened. Christ is still risen. But the confusion might still be there. Confusion, sickness, hardship. Those things have overtaken our land. There's, there's mourning and there's frustration, sadness and fear. But it's Easter anyway. Think with me for a moment. Would you travel with me to that first Easter? The ultimate miracle had happened. The resurrection had taken place. It was Resurrection Sunday, but nobody knew it. Yet the Bible says, in the early morning, Mary Magdalene got up and went to the tomb while it was still dark. While there was still confusion, while there was still hurt, while there was still grieving, while mourning and frustration still took place, while sadness and fear were still across the land, but it was Easter anyway, and she went to the tomb even while it was still dark. Maybe she was even a little flustered, not really sure exactly what, what she was going to see. She'd heard rumors of of Roman soldiers that would be barring any of her approach to the tomb. She didn't know what was going to take place, but yet she still came. She still went to the dark. She still went to the tomb while it was still dark. I know growing up for myself, I was not a big fan of the dark. I don't know what it was like for you. If you had a nightlight, maybe you had like a special teddy bear, maybe you had a blanket. You know what? There's no shame. This is Easter morning. We got a lot of things to celebrate and there's nothing wrong with having a little teddy bear once in a while. Mine, mine was named Baloo. That is the honest truth. And so uh, I, I didn't love the dark. I remember we had a, a four, four level house growing up and the, the basement was, was uh, an undeveloped, unfinished basement. And I had like my my sports stuff down there. I would ride, go in circles on my rollerblades. I would do all kinds of stuff down there, but I would always hate having to leave the basement because mom would not be happy with me if I didn't turn off the light. And so I would have to switch off that light. And every time I did it, it was just one of those bulbs that you pull the string. I, I would prep myself. I'd get my knees going right away, pull that string, and I'd run as fast as I could up those stairs, my little feet pumping up those little stairs so that I didn't have to be in the dark for too long because the dark in that moment was, was uncomfortable and unfamiliar. And, and it might seem silly as I grow up and I think back, but in reality, who likes the dark even now? Nobody likes to be in the, in the dark. Nobody likes to be in that space where I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what is happening. I, I, I don't know how to, how to even coexist with the darkness in that moment. It overwhelms all my senses. Even with my eyes open, I can't see. The darkness can be so crippling that we don't even move through it, from it, away from it, towards it. It is just an overwhelming thing. But here's what the scripture says. 
that the that the light came into the world and the darkness could not comprehend it. Even when you and I approach the darkness in our lives and we can't comprehend the darkness, we have the hope found in a Savior that declares that there is light that shines into the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. It, it, it is an overwhelming sense that is overwhelmed by who Jesus is. There is no light that the darkness can't comprehend who Jesus is that light that shines in and shifts everything I I, I hear those words that she went in the dark and, and I'm reminded of these words from John he, he has this narrative of, of darkness and light all the way through in the very first words in the prologue says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it later on it says there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus and he came to Jesus by night and then it goes on to say, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Judas leaves the table on Maundy Thursday to go betray Jesus. And John writes, and it was night. For, for John, light and dark, night and day, they take on significance. The Samaritan woman who had become the first proclaimer of the good news of the gospel is bathed in the light while Nicodemus, who couldn't grasp the meaning of what Jesus' presence had, he comes under the cover of night. And so it is in John that light and dark, night and day are more realities of the soul than the sky. For John, Easter happens while it's still dark. While the world was still in the grip of the power that sent Judas out the door, but something happened in the midst of the darkness that forever changed it. John's Easter, John's Easter story is a story of God's work in the dark. So I wonder how Mary would have felt if she would have felt like how many of us are might be feeling at this moment how we might be experiencing life right now. Because I think the way that John writes it is not simply to tell us about the, the time of day or the feeling of the moment, but he wants us to experience what that darkness was actually saying, what that darkness was actually meaning for them in that moment, how it was overwhelming them. When John says, while it was still dark, we remember what it says in earlier in John that the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. When Mary makes her way into the darkness to the place where her Lord is beaten and his bloodied corpse, we remember it says that the light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And when the disciple Jesus loves sees the empty tomb and believes, we remember, I have come as light in the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. And when Mary strains to see, she and she supposes him to simply be a gardener and hears him say her name, we remember, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
This is not a story in the end that always makes perfect sense. We, we want to explain the resurrection to perfection. But it is this. It is a story about God, the light breaking into the darkness, into the confusing, desperate, grieving moments of our life. This is God saying that I want to take you out from the darkness into the light, but I will be with you in the darkness where you are right now. That it does not overwhelm me. That it does not intimidate me. But my love for you will drive me to the ends of the earth, to even the cross, because that is how far my love is willing to go in pursuit of you. And what took place on that cross was horrific and horrible. But through the power of the resurrection, life came where death was intended. Death was defeated. And that might sound just like a platitude that sounds nice, but I want you to think about this. If the, if the accomplishment of death is the end of life, then the defeat of death is the birth of new life. And so right now for you today, where that which you think is dead, that which you believe is past the point of any return, know this, that the power of the resurrection believes that that which is dead, life can now come to, come to be. Life can now come in in a way that we never thought possible. The resurrection doesn't make sense in every moment because it's outside of our possibility. It's outside of our capability. But through God, all things are possible. Through Jesus, there is a way that we can discover life and life to the fullest here and now in our reality today. I love the, the imagery that is placed of light and dark because I understand what it means to be in the dark. I think you understand what it means to be in the dark. Those moments where we just feel so beaten down and how we so desperately want to get out of it and we don't know where to turn. My, my invitation to you this morning is when, it, when we feel the darkness all around us, will we go to the tomb? Will we go to the place where we think that death is only to be found? But will we go with maybe just, just a, a little bit of hope that the tomb that we believe death is present is actually going to be empty because of who Jesus is. She went into the dark, while it was still dark, to the tomb. Her expectations she wasn't sure about. Her feelings were probably still in that period of grief. And yet, she found an empty tomb, and it changed everything. Jesus was raised from the dead, and Easter happened anyway. Despite what maybe her ears could hear, her eyes could see, her nose could smell, resurrection still happened. Because God's silence doesn't mean God's absence. That the darkness had not won, but in fact, in the midst of it, the greatest victory that ever took place came to be. Death was defeated. For everyone that has experienced loss, disappointment, and unmet expectations during this past season, let me just encourage you, just because you can't feel God right now doesn't mean that he isn't working. In the moments where it feels like it's over and the silence is overwhelming, know this, that somehow behind the scenes, behind the scenes of our grief, behind the scenes of our loss, behind the scenes of our overwhelming sense of isolation, 
we discover this, that God is healing. God is renewing. God is building. And God is inviting you and me into this new world that he is creating in his resurrection. There could have been so many different ways for God to declare the resurrection of Jesus to the world. But yet, it was a woman's testimony, one that wouldn't have been accepted in the court of law of the day that became the first. It was, a, it was a group of uneducated men and women who were the ones that were declaring that message of the gospel in the early days. It wasn't some high, high-minded authority that he had stepped into. That wasn't the way of Jesus. It wasn't that Jesus made the declaration in the center of a square. Look at me and see what, what, what's going on. Look, I'm, I'm back. No, it was into the midst of everyone's pain and grief that he came and he showed those holes in his hands, the, the, the love in his voice, the shared conversations, the meals that he had with them, and then he ascended into heaven and he sent us a, a greater helper in the Holy Spirit. And there is a greater relationship that you and I can experience today that he is inviting us into right here, right now. He didn't meet everyone's expectations that they had. He did so much more. And I think that we have all these plans and ideas of what our life is going to look like, what we want this season to be like, what we want our family to come about as. And we have all these different things in place. But here's the thing that I have discovered about the resurrection is that it is an interruption. My, my grief is interrupted Thomas's doubt was interrupted. Peter's confusion was interrupted. And the interruption of God is a catalyst for us to experience the fruits of the Spirit. Where there was grief, there is now joy. Where there was doubt, now there is hope. Where there was confusion, there is now peace. And it might not look like healing in the moment. It might not look like provision. It might not look like it's turning around. But resurrection doesn't need to look the part to play the part. Real newness of life is taking place in the world because of who Jesus is and there's that invitation for us to grab hold of whether you've known Jesus your whole life or you are just figuring out about him today the power of the resurrection that is from heaven is for you and when we return to the tomb even when it's dark we are going to find it empty and we're going to discover that the story isn't over, that our story isn't over, that the God of the universe is waiting for us, is pursuing us. And he went to the ends of the earth so that you would know you are loved, you are forgiven, you are held, and he is with you. So what do we do with our disappointment? What do we do with our fear? We go to the tomb. We go to where it might feel the darkest, trusting that the power of the resurrection is the power that is for me. We go to the tomb because that's what love does. Love never gives up. Love perseveres. And we don't need to wait for the light in order to go to Jesus. But we approach Jesus even in the dark, knowing that Jesus is the one that brings the light to us.
this morning. Resurrection means that death doesn't get the final word. Resurrection means that your story, that my story isn't over. Resurrection means that that which we believe to be impossible isn't impossible for God. So wherever you are, wherever you've placed your trust, believe now that it is not beyond hope. Whatever you've been hoping for, maybe it's that family member that you've been hoping will come to church at some point. Don't give up hope. If you might believe it's impossible, all things are possible through Jesus. If you, if you are feeling frustrated and like you're at the end of your rope about a, about a friendship or a relationship, you know what? We're going to believe today that through the power of Jesus that there is going to be reconciliation. There is going to be restoration. If you're feeling like you're at the end of your rope on, on, on a physical struggle, we're going to believe this morning that newness, that resurrection hope is one that you can hold on to today. If, if you're like me and you're at the end of your rope in this season and you're just wanting to get to the other end of it. I hope that we don't just return to the way that it was, but we go to the newness of life that God has for us coming forward. We're not just returning to what was, we're going forward into what is, not because of something that I say that's catchy, but because of who God is, but because of who Jesus is uh, is in every season and what he has done, that the resurrection power is for you, it's for me, it's for our church, it's for our city, it's for our country, and we're believing that as we move forward into the next season, that that is the story that we are beginning to be part of and seeing being written. She went to the tomb even when it's dark. If it's dark for you this morning, my invitation is go to the tomb. You're going to find it empty. You're going to discover that there's a new life and you're going to hear that gardener calling you in the garden by name, inviting you into his embrace and then sending you forward to declare that he is alive. If you're watching this morning and you're not sure about who this Jesus is, but you feel this this tug on your heart, I would just invite you to consider and reflect the story of Jesus, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. See the life that he lived, the invitations that he gives, and what that could mean for your story today. And if, if you know this Jesus, and if you have a relationship with him, perhaps this morning needs to be simply a reminder that you are not forgotten in this season, that you are eternally pursued, eternally loved, and it's an invitation to you today. Would you return to him? Would you turn your eyes back to him? Would you give him space again in your life and discover that resurrection power in that which you believe is dead. Let's pray together. So Father, thank you that you came for us. That on that cross over 2,000 years ago, you died a, a barbaric, inhumane death. That you willingly gave yourself to the cross to, for our sins in, and you towards the, all the ways in which we as humans fall short that we put you there but you did it with purpose and with plan that you gave yourself so that upon that cross the forgiveness of sins and the newness of life could be possible because three days later death was defeated life won that you gave us a new way 
Thank you that through Jesus, that when we place our hope in Jesus and when we commit our lives to begin to turn around and consider a new way, we're going to discover that newness of life is for each and every single one of us. So for everyone that's listening today within their homes, I just pray right now that they would sense your presence. Just a peace that passes all understanding, a healing that needs to overwhelm every bit of their, their hearts. Wherever they are needing to be met, Father, I just pray that your presence meets them right there, right now. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. We trust you. We give you thanks that you did the impossible. And on this Resurrection Sunday, we look to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.